Hi everyone, welcome to Just Like Other Girls, a podcast where we discuss things that matter to us, things that don't, and a bunch of stuff in between. I'm Shandy. I'm Alicia. And as you can see, for today our setup is a little bit different for our YouTube audiences, and that's because... Today we're going to be talking about insecurities, how we deal with them, what they are, what they came from, and so we figured to tie into that theme, we'd be doing our makeup during the podcast instead of before like we usually do. Uh, where do you think these insecurities stem from for you? Well, for me, okay, let's just start with acne. I think I have, I think I started having acne when I was 13 to 14. Yeah, probably 14 when, just when um, I started secondary school and it was really difficult for me in the sense that people around me will make fun of me for having acne at that time. I mean, we are we were all childish at that period of time. And I knew that they didn't have bad intentions. Most, most of it came from my friends. But at 14, I guess it, were, it became something that irked me a lot about myself. And I think I got it relatively early also, or just the people I was surrounded by didn't have acne. I have no one to seek advice from and I don't know what's happening to me. And for my nose, I've always admired the um, the button nose look. Oh. The really tiny and high, I guess, uh, Eurocentric nose. Mm, yeah. yeah. And then for my body, I was overweight as a child. Like my for my entire primary school, I think up to when I was 11, I was overweight. And then for a period of time um, in secondary school, I think in secondary two, I think because of puberty, I started losing a lot of weight naturally. And I reached a point where I was underweight. So I kind of experienced both spectrums, in a sense, for my body. And it's just very difficult to, I guess... Uh, look at myself and be satisfied with what I have all the time. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Alicia? For me, I think it came like mainly from other people, like looking at other people and other people commenting on my own body. I've definitely had people look at me and say, oh, you're a lot like uh, larger than your cousins or like shorter than your friends, stuff like that. So I think it started from there. And then with those comments in mind, I ended up paying more attention to how I was different from other people. Yeah, I think a lot of my insecurities stemmed from my own expectations from myself because of the media I consume and the people I look up to rather than comments from other people criticizing about the way I look. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's different for me because it was very much like external validation that I was lacking as a kid. So, like, the more I grew up, I think the more I started to associate, like, being praised or being seen as, like, pretty or acceptable or whatever with being something that I wasn't physically. How do you think that made you look at yourself when you were younger? I think when I was younger, I guess my biggest concern would have been how my body looked. I was very self-conscious about that because I was overweight when I was a child. And at home, it would be fine because um, my family members, they liked 
chubby children, which was why they fed me a lot. But when I go to school, it will be a different situation that I'll be facing people that are not my family members and they would say things about my weight. Funnily enough for me, I think like my family members never intended it, but they were kind of the reason why I started having issues. Just like a couple of offhanded remarks made me like really criticize myself when I was younger, even if it wasn't intentional. How did you cope with it though when you were younger versus now? Well, when I was younger, for my acne, I started wearing makeup quite early, I think. Um, 14, 15. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I would consider that as early for our cohort. I would purposely look for skincare products that were like those tinted sunscreens or like tinted moisturizers so that I can wear them to school. But the thing was, because I didn't know how to apply makeup at the time, it was really obvious. And sometimes you get people telling you things in your face. Oh, and people will come up to me and be like, the shade on your face doesn't match your neck. Why do you look so white? I mean, because it's a sunscreen and it's tinted, and it'll leave yeah. a white cast. Yeah. Yeah. And that made me feel worse. Not really, actually. I mean... I still continue wearing uh, those products to school, hopefully um, hoping that they would conceal some of my acne. I think I have a few small breakouts and then I like, use concealer to hide them. What I did not realise was that I was a fairly tan kid and the lighter shades in like the Asian brands, sorry, the darker shades in the Asian brands are still a bit too light for me. When you're younger, your acne has a lot of texture and I could definitely see like essentially little bumps just everywhere, being very lightly covered by something that doesn't quite look like skin. And then for my weight, yeah, I didn't really have the time to work out, nor did I really know how. I was in a fairly active CCA, so that helped. So Alicia, how do you think you are coping with these insecurities now as compared to back then? I think, in all honesty, I feel like there's this saying that the longer you deal with something, the more desensitized you are. And it's super weird to consider like physical insecurities to be something you can get desensitized to. But it kind of is for me now. So like I don't think it still affects me, definitely. I find myself acting differently or like sitting a different way when I feel insecure. But right now it doesn't affect me as much as it used to. But also now when I deal with them, I would like to think I deal with them in more healthy ways. Like, instead of just nerfing my diet and having, like, barely any rest, hyper-focusing on stuff like how much fat I have on my arms, stuff like that, I just focus more on, okay, what can I do about it? Like, if I'm that unhappy with myself, but specifically if it's something I want to change for me, I do stuff like workout, stuff like that. I hit the gym a couple of days ago. I eat vegetables now, which is something that young Alicia hated. Obviously for my acne, there's makeup now. I think I've gotten better at it. And yeah, and I guess really I was desensitized. So, uh, quite a little update on the makeup. Shenyi, what are you doing now? Eyeshadow. I'm going for more of a natural look because I'm going to work. <laughs> yeah. And after this, I'm just going to go home and have lunch. And yet somehow, I've inexplicably ended up with 
gigantic wings, eyeshadow under the eyes. I'm probably gonna do eyeshadow on the eyes, like eyelids, inner corner highlight, and probably a dark lid. Oh, actually, that is one thing I do want to talk about, which is I used to do. Tell me if you identify with this, but I used to do makeup so that I would look quote unquote normal to other people. Now, when I do it, it's purely for myself. For me, when I started my makeup, right? Like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I started off with trying to conceal my acne, but after I watched more videos of beauty gurus and stuff, I got really interested in eyeshadow and the, I guess the artistic aspect of makeup. And I started doing it as a hobby instead. But after that, I remember this very distinctively because I had such a major breakdown. I was watching this video of a YouTuber I don't remember who, but he also had a breakdown. He was just saying how he's so sick and tired of wearing makeup now because he feels like he hates every part of his face. Yeah. And he has turned his hobby into something that conceals his flaws instead. And when I watched the video, I had a realization at that point of time that I was doing the same, the same thing. I remember there's points of time where for a whole 2-3 months, I couldn't go out without makeup. And I'm telling you, it's going downstairs. It's going to meet friends that I'm so familiar with who have seen me without makeup in school before. I would still wear tons of makeup meeting them just because I cannot get over how I look myself. Yeah. Actually, that is one thing that really messed me up as a kid that I only realized very recently. It's that when you put on very heavy makeup, there's, especially when you're like an influencer on camera, it looks very much like... It looks flawless. And I only realized, I think, last year that the majority of YouTubers or like TikTok people are just using like a skin blurring filter. Because if you look, like, there are ways to look less creased, but it took me so long to realise that if you are wearing very heavy makeup, there will always be an element of, like, creasing and caking on your face. Makeup is something you put on top of your skin. It doesn't absorb. Even if you're wearing, like, a primer or something, there will always be the element of, I'm still clearly wearing something on top of my skin. Yeah. We've gotten to the point where I think there's definitely this movement that everyone's noticed where it's like, guys want to take girls swimming on the first date and like oh ways to have more natural no makeup makeup looks i think there's this weird there's this weird i would say misogynist argument that's like oh girls want to trick men i can't deny that there have been repercussions with this whole no makeup makeup how to look prettier than you are with makeup movement you know? As someone who regularly wears makeup as a daily routine, I've never thought of a man <laughs> a single time. In that vein, how do you think media itself can perpetuate certain ideas that like worsen your insecurities? Okay, let me put down my makeup tools for this. I'm very passionate about this conversation, okay? Okay. Acne products commercials. Why does it always revolve around the same plot? Where it is like someone um, having bad acne or just 
you know, acne or one pimple. And everyone else will be like, ew, that's so gross. Yeah. Nobody likes you because you have acne. And then after um, using a certain product, they change. They have clear skin and not everyone likes them. In the most blatant manner of putting things, these commercials make people with acne look like they are disgusting creatures. Yeah. And I think that's horrible because, like I mentioned just now, acne, carrying acne is such a long process. Okay? You don't just use one product one time and it's gonna cure your acne. And everything works differently for different people. Yeah, that's the thing. Even if they manage to buy your product from that commercial alone, they're gonna remember this commercial and for the entire six months to one year or however long they use your product, when their acne is still not cured, they're gonna think of your commercial and be like, why isn't this product curing my acne? I am still disgusting. I still look bad. I still have acne. So it's more than just this one moment of putting out this sort of idea onto a media, especially if you have huge platforms, especially if you put it on TV even. How many kids are these sort of media or content gonna reach? I've never really made that link before until now that you're saying it. But yeah, as you use the product, every time... Every time you think of the commercial, the multiple commercials, the idea that you are disgusting or that acne is like this outside force trying to ruin your life is just constantly being reinforced in your head. Even if it's like, it's just a thing your skin does. Yeah, it doesn't look great, but the only reason it doesn't look great is because you have a ton of people telling you it looks bad. Yeah. And I wish commercials... As much as I understand the concept of hard selling your product benefits by showing a before and after, I wish they could be more truthful in the sense where you can at least show the process. Yeah. Right? You don't just what is not a one time use product. I really want to encourage brands for skincare and makeup products to just be more truthful about their effects for people and also, um, be more uplifting and positive about natural things that teenagers or adults may face with their bodies. A very similar experience with like weight commercials, but specifically influencers talking about weight. Because I've definitely seen a lot of influencers, the Kardashians are probably the most egregious example, promoting like fit tea on top of fit tea, promoting waist trainers, stuff like that. Kim has that whole line of like skims or whatever and yeah I think from growing up till now I've definitely seen a shift in what is considered like the ideal body back in I think 2015-16 the idea of being thick started being really popular and before that I was super fixated on being thin being slim being small and after that, there was this idea of like small waist, hourglass figures. Both are harmful, but both, I would say, affect different audiences. But throughout all of this, like, I see a bunch of people, again, like the skincare commercials, who talk about how your weight or like 
excess weight or being overweight is something that is put on you that you can easily share with this product or this tea or this lifestyle. And looking back on everything that they promoted, what? Such harsh measures to get rid of weight. Which I get it, there can be inherent health problems that come with being overweight, but also when you're underweight. And I think now there's this conversation about like, uh, skinny shaming. And I do agree it's a problem, but I feel like it's more of a problem of why must we bully women specifically at all? as opposed to skinny shaming being as big or as big of a problem as fat shaming. They are both problems. Also just, I think, we're in a more, I would say we're in a more accepting community now than ever, but there are still so many huge factors at play and so many people who still subscribe to these old ideals. Like, do you see that news article about Victoria's Secret's plus-size model? Yeah. Yeah. Her name is Barbara... Her name is Barbara Pelvin. She is insanely beautiful, but also she is very much traditionally skinny because I have seen her walk runways before along with the likes of like your Candice Swanepoel's, your Barbara Fialho's. And for me at least, maybe I'm just not in tune with industry standards. They really look the same. She doesn't have visible abs, I believe. Maybe there's a bit of fat on her arms. But every human being has fat. I don't see someone who looks like a traditional size as being a plus size model at all. I hope this is okay to ask, but what do you think about the term fat and how people use it? I see it from two lenses. From a personal le- no. from a personal lens, I see it as something that's been used to like kind of put me down for a very long time that I'm trying to make peace with. Even now, when I say the word fat, my body kind of like shivers a little bit. I have a bit of an adverse reaction. And it's very weird because like, I'm okay with words like chubby and flung. It's just the word fat in itself is very harmful for me. It always has been. But societally, I'm very confused by it. Because apparently anybody can be fat. When she was at the height of her career, people were writing articles saying Kesha was fat which she isn't. Barbara Pelvin, like we mentioned, is considered plus size, but she's not. (laughs) And like, I've had like friends in my own life, like when we were running on Instagram shops, I had a girl confide in me that she's a UK 8 or like a UK 6 and someone called her plus size. How? (sighs) It's very odd to me because clearly there's a Clearly, there's a huge deficit in what people see as fat. Like, some people would call me fat. My But when we were talking about body positivity, my lecturer said, I am not a plus size, I am not fat. Also, I don't think those two words are interchangeable. Because I think, at least as an industry standard for plus size, that being like UK 14, 16 and above, or like 0XL and up in the US. But in Singapore, it's so much... It's so much more volatile of a term. I don't think that's the one I'm looking for. But it's so much less defined of a term here. Where like, by most people's standards, and by, I think, via younger eyes, I am fat. But to some adults, I am not. When I go on my Instagram shop, some people think I'm like, slim, thick, or whatever. And some people think I'm like a whale or some nonsense. I've definitely gotten really weird comments in the past where they're like, Lamal, shut down your page, you're fat. 
firstly, I don't see, now that I'm slightly more confident in myself, I don't see the correlation between shut down your page and your fair. I don't <laughs> think one is a reason for the other. <laughs> but also, like, okay, so if I'm fat, and a girl three sizes larger than me is fat, and a girl three sizes smaller than me is fat, then what is fat? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I hope you don't mind me saying, but you've been fat. Yeah. And now I would say you're traditionally skinny. Yeah. What is being fat? And and the thing is, um, very honestly, even at some moments, now that I am considered traditionally skinny, I would call myself fat. In my Ooh. head, it's, it just happens. Yeah. And I know very well that um, I guess it's not very appropriate to use this word on myself. But sometimes we just can't help it. And I'm speaking for a lot of skinny people as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's just inevitable to feel this way and to describe yourself this way even though you know it's not true. And I think it definitely stems from what you said. There's so many subjective standards of using this word which caused this to happen. But at the end of the day, is being fat a bad thing? Who knows? Maybe being medically fat is a bad thing, but being medically underweight is also a bad thing. Too much of anything is a bad thing. And yeah, I think there's this really... Like, I feel bad for people who look like me or who are larger than me. But I also feel really bad for how confused a lot of girls who are smaller than me must feel. So we've talked quite a bit about, like, how we see ourselves, how other people see us, how the media sees us. We've also talked about how, like, these things have affected us. But if you were to retroactively look back, I know we can't change anything. But how do you think, or what do you think would have helped you not feel this way about yourself as you were growing up? I guess definitely for the people we surround ourselves with, if you are uncomfortable with a joke about your insecurity or you feel bad about yourself because of what they said, definitely put it out there. Tell them and voice it out. I'm sure if they are really your friends, they will stop or at least they'll be more understanding and willing to hear your side out. That being said, being put in less embarrassing situations, I think one thing that I haven't touched on about um, my body and my weight was that in primary school, I was put in the tough club. If you don't know what that is, it is a club where I guess um, schools gather um, children that are overweight mm-hmm. and put them in this curriculum outside of PE, if I'm not wrong. I think during recess, summer, at that point of time, it was the most humiliating thing that could happen to me as a girl, Mm. right? And it's not because I was fat. It was more of um, having everyone look at me like I'm outside of the club. When you're put in a situation where you are outcasted, other kids will look at us weird. I think definitely this is a, an embarrassing situation that could be avoided if there was some sort of like mm, way to not outcast these kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like definitely I see the point in like 
Now, I think a lot of kids are not in charge of their bodies. Their parents, their caretakers, even their friends have a lot of say over what they eat, how they act, what they do after school. But maybe the club was formed with good intentions. But I just remember every morning. So in my primary school, tough club was in the morning. I think like half an hour before assembly. Which, firstly, going to assembly sweaty, gross. At 7am, gross. But I remember every morning I would come to school and I would see tough club like exercising on the courtyard at the side. I just remember every single morning I would cross the courtyard. I would like take a path at the side to go to the canteen to like get water or whatever. Because I just had this horrible feeling in my head that if they saw me as a child, this was me at age like eight or nine. It was already so ingrained in my head, this fear that if this group of quote-unquote fat kids who are trying to be less fat saw me, they'd yank me from my friends, make me join Tough Club. It never happened. I'm pretty sure they have to ask your parents before you join Tough Club. Okay, what about you? Uh, oh boy. For me, I think... I always went to Malaysia with my family, like for Chinese New Year and for birthdays and stuff. Not anymore, because, you know, COVID. But... I always, I just remember always feeling weird that my cousins were so much smaller than me. They're all very active. I am not. I am certified couch potato since day I was born. But <laughs> I think if, I don't know, I don't mean to put the blame on my family because they obviously had very good intentions. But I think I, I also kept a lot of like grief from being compared to like my cousins or my friends. Kind of a rough topic today. <laughs> Um, it's going to be a bit lighter next week since we're going to be talking about like self-acceptance and confidence and whether it's even important to have self-love. It sounds worse than it actually is, don't worry. But are we done for makeup? Yes. Great. Then I think we can start closing out. I think for the sake of ourselves and for the people watching us, um, we would like to end this video in a more positive note. So, Alicia, <laughs> can you tell me something that you like about yourself? I think I like my eyes. I mean, they're pretty caked with makeup now. I think I like my eyes. I like the shape of them. Uh, I hate to say it, I feel like my love for my eyes has always kind of been buffed by the fact that no one wanted monoliths as kids. And I have, on a bad day, I have triple eyelids, which really screws up eyeliner sometimes. But usually I have double eyelids. I quite like them. I like my hair. You know. I, I don't like the fact that my hair only looks good, I feel, at night when no one can see it. I like my body. Like, I don't think I'm societally... I don't think I'm, like, normal by any means, societally. But I like that I have a bit more muscle on me right now. I like that I've been going to the gym more. I think where it comes from also is just... I've taken more control of the way I look now. I'm no longer like lamenting over how I look without doing anything to change it. Like maybe me starting to exercise and like lead a healthier lifestyle or whatever came from a place of like hurt. But now it feels more like a place of like me being happy to do all this stuff. I like that about me. You? That's good. For me... <laughs> I think... 
I've always liked my ears. I don't know if the camera can catch that. I think my ears are pretty. I like my hands too. Yeah. If you can see my hands on YouTube. <laughs> I think my eyes too, to a certain extent. Actually, one interesting thing about me, I don't know if you have noticed yet, but one of my eyes has a double eyelid and the other one is a monolid. I've been looking, yeah. Oh, one more thing actually. I like my hands now. Okay. I've never liked their shape because my palms are too big and my fingers are too short, but I started painting my nails this year because I was trying to break the habit of biting my nails. They look gorgeous. They are so cute. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you're just listening on Spotify, I have one hand that's a red to blue rainbow and the other hand is just various shades of sparkly pink and purple. And it's so cute. Thank you. And I really like them now because it's something I've improved upon and I've kind of broken a bad habit. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We've talked a lot about physicality. What do you like about you below surface level? Hmm. I think I like the fact that I guess I'm very adaptable. Is that the word? Yeah, I think I adapt to situations really fast. Yeah, I like the fact that I've always tried to be kind to others. I don't always succeed, but I'm glad that I've never stopped trying. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'll say that was a pretty productive conversation. Yeah, definitely. Um... Thank you so much for watching or listening wherever you're watching or listening from. We are done with our makeup. We'll show you some close-ups now. But yeah, just we hope that through today, you not only understand a bit more about like us, how we got here, but also that whatever you're dealing with, if you are dealing with anything, you are not alone. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people. And we will see you next week for part two to this conversation. Bye. Bye.